Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Hepner with my co-hosts, Leslie Hoskins and Timothy Cuneo. I can't believe 2024 is literally right around the corner. It's wild. I'm not ready. <laughs> no. 2024 no. brings so many different things. <laughs> Timothy, what do you have going on in 2024? What's, what's something exciting you're looking forward to? Well, uh, we uh, I just booked another Canada cruise with Glacier, so we got that next September or October, something like that. Uh, lots of traveling, I hope, and camping and and uh, just staying busy. Got to stay busy. How about you guys? What do you got going on? You know, I don't know. I'm just hoping to get through the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally you know, Trying well, to make it through New Year's I really want to do more work on my house that mm-hmm. I got. Um, we've renovated quite a bit in a short amount of time. So it's just like the little details that I want to like, <laughs> no, well, Leslie is pointing to her ring finger. And I, I, oh, I, yeah. I, don't, I can't, uh, Johnny's an avid listener. Johnny listens. Maybe Timothy, we should tell Johnny our goals for the new year. Yeah. I mean, you already got the house. You got the big purchase out of the way. So let's do this. Come on. All right. Well, I mean, he's going to hear this, so. I know he will. That's why I said it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He said he liked you better than me, so (laughs) I guess he'll listen to you. (laughs) I think uh, 2024, you know, we think about um, for conferences, the spring and the fall are always super busy. I know I already have several conferences on my docket for going into the spring, which I'm excited about. Um, it brings another year of camp. It brings more clients being served. Yeah. I mean, it should ultimately be another fantastic year. Yeah. And we have big goals in the new year. We do have lots of big goals. So that's any right. Okay. So how about this? How, any reflection of this year, 2023? Oh, man, it just flew. It, it's like high, low, buffalo. Isn't that what they do? You say you're high and you're low. And then what's a buffalo? I don't know that part. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard this I just before. heard high-low buffalo. Oh, man. Uh, that man. is a hard one. I didn't think about this beforehand. Timothy? Oh, yeah. Make me first. Thanks. Yeah, always. Um, I mean, we we did a lot of traveling this year. We did over 20,000 miles. Oh, my goodness. Uh, me and Glacier, that's a lot. And and I couldn't have done it. Yes, I could have done it without Glacier, with the cane. I couldn't put that plug in. But uh, it was great because, you know, we got out of this COVID thing and everybody's starting to get back to normal and all that traveling. Some of it was for Leader Dog and some of it wasn't. It was just a lot of traveling and I enjoyed it so much. And to know that I could do what I needed to do because the glacier's right there where my cane was there. I wasn't doing this six, seven years ago. I was stuck on the couch, depressed. And now look at me. It's all because of Leader Dog. And it's just amazing my transformation to who I am today. And this podcast and and everything. I just enjoyed the year. All right. I can't top that. That was pretty good. <laughs> that I'm was like, pretty good. I'm like, don't make me go after that. <laughs> <laughs> I think highs this year, some exciting things that I got to participate in. We're, we hosted Cane Quest again yeah. this year at Leader Dog, Leader Dog, which was fantastic. Um, I was able to teach. I was able to work with the campers. And then I had Alyssa join the team with me this year. So she will be celebrating her one-year anniversary in January. So having her on the team, I feel like we've been able to do more and go further and go more places. So that's definitely been a high for me. Yeah. You got to go to Germany now. Come I on. I know. Well, I'm just trying to think like overall, like everything. I think I think just like growing more within the organization this last year really like Getting to know more people. We've added new team members. 
we've really connected, I think, more as a team. Um, so that's been like a work high for sure. Lois just said it goes by too fast. It's like you can't, you reflect on it and you're like, oh, I wish I would have like been more there in the moment. So I think that's going to be my goal for 2024. Okay. Be more there in the moment because, you know, you always look back and you're like, oh, man, I wish I like would have really soaked it all in right then and there. Well, let me tell you something, Christina. When you get older, it flies back quicker. So Yeah. I know, Timothy and I, with our years of We're experience so on you. Yeah. I know. I'm getting older, though, you guys. I'm in my 30s. Oh, officially. please. Just a reminder, you're five years younger than me. <laughs> I know you act like it's you so guys, much more. You are the age of my listening. daughter. You are the age of my daughter, so hush. <laughs> well, good. All right. Well, we've had a fantastic year, and yes. we're looking forward to another fantastic year going into 2024. But today's guest, we're super excited because she is joining us for one last time before her official retirement next month. Yes. Earlier this year, Sue Daniels announced her plans to retire as president and CEO at Leader Dogs for the Blind. Sue has been with Leader Dog for almost 20 years now, and her dedication and commitment to the mission has set us up for a successful future. Sue, we are so grateful to be sitting down with you one last time in your advisory role before officially retiring in the new year. Sue Daniels, welcome back to the podcast. Let's just put it out there. What are you going to do now with your life? What are you going to do? You got a big, what are you going to do? How much time do you have? We got 28 minutes. 28 minutes. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. It's really an honor to be here and talk about my retirement. You know, I think I have lots of plans and I'm a planner. So, and this is something I've been preparing for. It wasn't a spur of the moment decision. And um, so, you know, plans to do more travel. So Timothy, I'm going to be picking your brain on that. (laughs) Uh, My husband and I do a lot of biking and hiking mostly in the national parks. So expanding the list of, of national parks we want to visit. Spending more time with my two children who are both grown. Um, but, you know, being able to spend more time with them. I have a whole list of projects. Uh, <laughs> I want to be able to start my day, you know, doing what I want to do. The, the flexibility um, of being able to, right? stay in your robe till noon if it's a cold and snowy (laughs) day or get up and exercise and read, do some cooking. We haven't done that in a while. (laughs) So, you know, and I do want to give back. One of the great things about being a team member at Leader Dog is no matter what your role is, and I always say this to people, it takes all of us doing what we do to fulfill our mission. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great way of of giving back. I do want to volunteer I just don't know doing what or where. A lot of people have said, do you want to serve on a board? And I don't. I want to do more hands-on volunteering because I haven't had the opportunity to do that. But I'll take a little bit of time to figure that out. Yes, you deserve the time. By all means, take the time. (laughs) We were just talking about your 20th anniversary at Leader Dog is coming up very soon. And so Sue will officially have been at Leader Dog for 20 years, which is incredible and all the work that you have done during your time. So please take that time (laughs) to rest. But we look forward to having you back in some capacity. How did you decide that this was the right time for retirement? You said that you'd been thinking about this for a while, but how did you know 2023, 2024 was going to be the year? That's a good question. So I am someone I always tell people, I've had a great career. I love my work, but I work to live. I don't live to work. 
and some people do live to work and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just not me. So, you know, originally I planned to work a couple more years, but honestly, at the beginning of the pandemic, we got a new financial planner. We moved from suburban Detroit to sort of out in the country between Mm -hmm. Howell and Fowlerville and, you know, just gave me pause. As you know, many people were making thoughtful decisions and life changes. Yeah. And so when we took a look at things, I said, I can do this sooner. And so kind of put a three-year plan into place at that point in time. So it's exciting to see it come to fruition. I do think it's something that is better if you plan for it. I feel that actually the hybrid work, which, you know, came upon us in the pandemic, has also helped me because I've I've spent more time at home during the pandemic. We didn't have an option for quite some time. And so I feel ready. And I think that's important. You know, the pandemic really, it was awful, obviously, but it did bring on a lot of those self-reflection moments and being able to look and evaluate what's your priorities in life as things were changing so drastically and so quickly. And it was a very scary time. So I can totally understand that. And the the hybrid workforce. And I think I also love your quote of I'm working to live, not living to work. And I think that honestly shows throughout the organization in the sense that like people prioritize work, yes, but also family and outside life are always a priority. And we always have meetings where our management is saying to us, make sure you're taking time for yourself, care for yourself, always checking in to see, you know, is there anything going on at home or things that we can support one another with? So I know sometimes people see that as a negative thing, especially probably in the higher roles. But I do. I think that's such a positive statement and especially to hear it from our leader is so important. Yeah, I think too, especially because if you bring 110% to work, if you can also focus on your personal life. But I mean, Sue, you have so many big accomplishments that you had. Some of them include the creation of the Leader Dog Foundation, the completion of the largest capital campaign in Leader Dog's history, and the expansion of Leader Dog's volunteer program. And, you know, we just talked about the pandemic. Um, With your leadership, it resulted in us being the first guide dog organization in North America to serve clients on campus during the pandemic. So, I mean, we've mentioned just a few But, you know, what are some of your proudest leader dog accomplishments during your time? As I look back, first, I want to say they're not my accomplishments. They are the team, right? The volunteers. It's everybody working together. And I truly believe that. Again, you have to have everybody doing what they do. So I was just fortunate to be in this position during that time. So what we all accomplished together, I think the most significant is one that you've mentioned, which is the capital campaign for the Canine Development Center the largest campaign in our history. We'd actually only had one other one, and that was for the residents. That ended right before I started, so that um, the residents opened in the fall of 2003 and kind of now needs a refresh, but that's going to be Melissa's um, issue to (laughs) deal with. Um, But it was obviously a significant project. It was very much needed. Our kennel at that time was three separate buildings, right? One original with two additions, three separate HVAC units. We had no air conditioning. People don't even realize. Oh, my gosh. There was no air conditioning. And in those really hot summers and all the water that they use, right, steaming to clean the kennels, like for the dogs and for our team, was really not good. So, and and the, the... units that we used to house the dogs, we met the standards required by the International Guide Dog Federation, but they were three by three by three. Like for our dogs, Labs and Goldens, and at that time, German Shepherds, Mm -hmm. 
they were small. And so to see all the wonderful things that came out of that, you know, to see puppy raisers who were so happy now to turn their puppies in with these large suites, to have more enrichment for the dogs, to have air conditioning and nice space for our team was amazing. And to see how everybody came together. So I had never led a capital campaign. Melissa, who was in the chief philanthropy officer role, had never led a capital campaign. And so working together and, again, the support of our board, um, who, you know, 30-person board raised over a million dollars just through their personal contributions, which made it really easier for us to go out and ask other people to donate, but support from across the community. And when we envisioned what the Canine Development Center would look like, the original dollar amount was over $20 million. And fortunately, we worked with CCS, a consultant, and they did a feasibility study and came back and said, you know, we think you're not going to be able to raise that much money. And Melissa and I have talked many times that they were spot on. Yeah. And so we had to scale back, right? So that was a whole, okay, what do we not need? How do we reconfigure? And we did it. And then to come in in two and a half years under budget and 100%, right? Met the goal 100%. Yeah was just such a wonderful success. And then again, the the outcomes, um, better, you know, better place and and care uh, for our dogs, better for our team, better for our raisers, better for our clients. Mm -hmm. So that was, that's definitely at the top. There's two other things that I think have been really impactful. One is prison puppies. So I think you've talked on the podcast Mm -hmm. and people know that we have puppies raised in correctional facilities and when I started 20 years ago, we had just started with one puppy in one correctional oh facility, gosh. right? Because there was a lion who worked uh, as a corrections officer in the facility and went to the warden and said, I have this idea. And then they approached us. Yeah. Uh, and so to see that where, you know, at least pre-pandemic, and I think we're getting back to that, about a third of the puppies that we have being raised are raised in correctional facilities. Mm-hmm. And I've been to almost all of them. So we, again, pre-pandemic did um, thank you events, appreciation events for the gentlemen who raised in the prison facilities. So I would go and to hear them speak and to be able to talk to them. And we get letters all the time from inmates, from their families about the impact that it had, which we never anticipated. Yeah. That it has made such a difference in their life. Nobody ever trusted them. Nobody ever gave them responsibility. And many of them, once they are out of the correctional facility, raise Mm -hmm. for us, continue to raise for us. Some have started their own dog walking, dog boarding businesses. It's just been life-changing. We hear from the wardens that it changes the culture in the facility because now you have corrections officers and the administrative team and the inmates all working toward a common goal. And in 2013, we received a national award for prison puppies from Mutual of America. And that was great recognition for a really meaningful program and the puppies that they raise our instructors love <laughs> yes. yes and they love to get all the puppies yes but you know these guys have 24 7 they're right. with these dogs yeah and so and it's you know a different lifestyle than when puppies are raised in a home so just just great outcome and then lastly I would say on the governance side which most people it's not as public but we've worked really hard to develop an amazing board with a great range of expertise. Leslie and I were just in a 7 a.m. meeting this morning. <laughs> it was so early. <laughs> with, 
with a, a committee that's all vision professionals helping us to think about how do we, right, get the yeah. word out more about Leader Dogs for the Blind. And we have, our, our board members are very engaged. They say this is the best board they've ever sat on. Again, you could see that in the capital campaign and in mm-hmm. what they do every day. And then our committee structure, uh, we have what we call volunteer non-trustees. So they're not on the board, but they serve on a committee, and that becomes our candidate pool for board nomination. Yeah. So it's been a really wonderful process and, um, you know, something that other nonprofits have modeled. So I feel really good about that. As you should. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And those are just like the top three that oh, you yeah. can think I of. Mean, I mean, that's incredible. So amazing. And like, I just remember, I mean, the first time I walked into that Canine Development Center, I had no idea. Like, so you hear the dogs barking like really loud in the summer and stuff. Yeah. They'd have like the windows open. Yeah. And I, it's just such a better, to, to go on tours now and take people through that facility is so much fun. Just yeah. to explain kind of what it was, what it is now, and all the tools and things that people that work over there have access to. And the dogs are just much happier Yes, in general, which makes us much happier as people. So it's a win-win. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, Sue, let me tell you, as a client, when I first came there to get my cane training with Leslie and, and when I came back four or five months to get Glacier, I really thought it was great when you came down and had lunch with us and you spent time with the clients and you always felt, we always felt like we were important. We weren't just a number, we were human beings and you made us from the top down, it made us feel welcome. And I want to thank you for giving me that feeling and the other clients that feeling. So uh, great job doing that. Oh, well, thank you, Timothy. I appreciate that. And that's been a highlight for me because again, right, seeing our clients, being able to talk with our clients like you and others and it's inspiring every day and you all are very modest but <laughs> coming to leader dog whether it's for a week um, to get cane training or three weeks to get a guide dog it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of change it's a huge undertaking and then to see you leave and and be successful in how you navigate the environment and and then all the other benefits that we hear about is really it really is inspiring. And I have always said that I think one of the things that is wonderful at Leader Dog is that everybody who visits the campus, who works on the campus, can see the mission happen every single day. And that's not always the case in nonprofits. And I think that makes a huge difference in the level of engagement that everyone has uh, around our mission. Yeah, we were just speaking kind of before we started the podcast, how people stay, like team members specifically. There's not a whole lot of turnover because, you know, people fall in love with the mission. They see it, like you're just saying. But also there is this cultural of like family, family, and we're all together. We're all in it together, whether you're a client, whether you're a volunteer, a donor, a team member. Everybody's working together for the same mission, and there's so much power in that. But again, that does stem from your leadership and pushing it down and the impact that you have had in your role as CEO. Thank you. So when you look back, what are you, what are you going to miss, I guess? I know you're looking forward to retirement yes. and like <laughs> sleeping in, which it's kind of like there's light at the end of the tunnel know, maybe someday right? <laughs> over here. But what are you going to miss about kind of the day-to-day of, of being the CEO at Leader Dog? I think the sense of community that we've talked about, right? Everybody pulling together and working together around one strong mission and wanting to do their absolute best. When you think about, again, the all the dog care uh, team and 
the care that they provide for our dogs. You know, they're there 365 days a year. Uh, we had client celebrations last week, and uh, we had a member of dog care there, and we were talking about Thanksgiving, and she said, oh, well, I'll be here on Thanksgiving. And it's easy for us, who don't have to be there every day, um, to forget that, but they're there every day. Holidays, doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, that's just one example. Our kitchen team, think about all of the things that have changed over the years, mm-hmm. dietary needs, uh, allergies, gluten-free. There's so many things, and they do that with every group of clients. Yeah. They make sure that whatever the case is, right, those dietary needs are met, and that's a huge job. But they, right, they smile. They do it wonderfully. Our clients continue to complain that they gain weight when they stay with us because the food is so good. Yeah. Um, you know, you and your team, right, Christina getting everything out on social media, telling the story, this podcast, you know, Leslie, you and the team, community outreach, whatever it is, philanthropy, raising all of the money every single year, right? Because we're 100% funded by donor dollars. And then people, it's very uh, great to see people are sometimes almost too frugal because they're mindful that all those dollars were given to us. Yes. And we're entrusted in spending them as wisely as we can, getting the most bang for our buck, I'll say. Mm-hmm. So all those pieces is just, it's inspiring to work with people and, and be able to talk with people every day that are so passionate, that always try to do the right thing, one of our values, and and always trying to improve our service so that we can do the very best for our clients. So it, that. I will definitely miss that. Yes. <laughs> well, well, Sue, everybody knows that Melissa Wise has been announced as the new CEO president of Leader Dog. So what does the future for Leader Dog look like in her hands? I'm sure it's going to be great. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what's really wonderful, and Melissa would agree with this because we've talked about it, the search and selection committee did a national search and Melissa was the one selected And that's validation that she's the best person, the right person for the job. She and I have worked together for this 20-year period. She was actually a volunteer when I first interviewed (laughs) to um, be the CFO at Leader Dog because that's where I started. And right then she came on the philanthropy team as a contractual person and worked her way up to chief philanthropy officer. So we, again, have worked together, know each other very well, we're colleagues and friends, and I have also worked with her for a number of years on development opportunities because being a CEO, you know, preferably at Leader Dog, but if not somewhere else has been something that she's aspired to. So we've worked on getting her experiences that would help prepare her for the CEO role. Clearly, she already knows and has relationships with the team, the board, the donors, volunteers, Lions Clubs, you name it. And knows the industry. And I think that those are really um, huge assets for a candidate to bring to the table. And so I think the future is bright uh, with Melissa in charge. And I also think it makes a relatively smooth transition, again, because people know her as well and know her style and are very comfortable with that versus somebody external. Not that that's a bad thing, but it can mean a lot of change and a lot of adjustment. And so I think that this is just the right move for all the right reasons. 
I will agree. I think all of us kind of took a, a sigh of relief. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> when she was announced as the new CEO, we cannot wait. Um, yes. We're excited. I mean, I remember being like, be prepared because we could make the announcement at any time. And we were all like, okay, when, it's go- when is it going to happen in marketing? And you we were, were on all the like, cutting edge. And we you were, I was statement. like, oh man, <laughs> we got to prepare everything. So it was exciting when we finally were like, okay, like, we're going to launch it. It's happening. It's happening. I was silently rooting in the background. <laughs> As were many. Yes. I put in a vote. Nobody asked for it, but I did. <laughs> I put in a vote. put in a vote. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. Well, we're really excited. However, we will, of course, miss you, Sue. And, Thank you. And I think, too, like you just, you guys speak so much to the leadership and the like you were saying, you were preparing Melissa for a CEO role, whether it be at Leader Dog or not. And thank goodness it's going to be at Leader yeah. Dog. But I do, again, think that speaks to your guys' leadership and management that there's always developmental opportunities or we're at least trying to always have developmental opportunities and recognizing that whether or not that fits in the scope of Leader Dog, it's still, you know, you guys feel your personal responsibility as a manager to support and develop individual team members. And I just think that's fantastic. And I don't yes. think that's everywhere. So uh, the leader dog culture is certainly appreciated. But what would be your advice, I guess, even for Melissa Weiss or anybody else kind of going into those new leadership or CEO opportunities? What's your advice? I think, again, keeping that sense of community, following our values, which we know all our team does very well. And keeping that culture, it's unique. I've been in the nonprofit space most of my career for really good organizations. You know, I was at the Red Cross before I came to Leader Dog. I thought I would retire from there. (laughs) And I've also served on other boards of other nonprofits. So I have colleagues, other CEOs at other organizations, which are wonderful, great missions, but they don't have that special culture that we have at Leader Dog. I've honestly not seen it anywhere else. And I think that Again, what we do is magical, right? Pairing a dog with a client, that whole relationship, training a client, right, with a cane, the yeah. summer experience. And it just brings people together and brings people in. And Leslie, to your point, they stay because mm-hmm. they fall in love with the mission. And so to keep that going, all the side benefits, the mm-hmm. level of engagement, people staying yes. for a long time, being able to attract volunteers, board members. It's just, it's very critical to the success of the organization because I think if you have that, you can do anything. Absolutely. That is great advice. Any parting words as we kind of wrap up? (laughs) Any last thoughts? Just that it's been wonderful. I'm honored and blessed to have been part of this organization for 20 years. It went really fast. (laughs) And uh, I look forward to the amazing things that will continue to happen in the future. And it'll be interesting to see where Leader Dog goes from here. Yes. Well, Sue, we certainly want to thank you for joining us, but also for your wonderful leadership throughout the years, for creating a culture of family and support, and of course, for continuing the mission of providing free services to people who are blind or visually impaired in hopes that everyone is unstoppable. We will miss you, but we are so happy for you to enjoy your well-deserved retirement and hope that we continue to see you at Leader Dog. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much, Sue. I mean, it's just been, I've not been here as long as last <laughs> year, but in my few years, I had never met a leadership that was so accessible. So, um, and that 
you know, you can come into your office whenever. So thank you. Absolutely. And you can until December. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shut up, door. Yes. <laughs> yes, nobody yes. will be showing up at your house. <laughs> we can promise you that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, thank you. And thank you to our listeners for listening to the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Leslie Hoskins with hosts Christina Hepner and Timothy Cunio. Please join us next time as we continue to dive into the world of blindness. If you'd like to learn more about applying to our free services or donate or volunteer at LeaderDog, you can head to leaderdog.org or call us at 888-777-5332. And don't forget, you can reach us at takingthelead at leaderdog.org with any questions or ideas. If you like today's podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and check us out wherever podcasts stream.